0: Welcome, everybody. How about a round of applause for everybody who, for whom it is their first time here? Let's give them a big cheer. Big cheer. Welcome, everybody. So glad to have you here. I remember back when my friends uh, were inviting me to church. I was not a believer, and man, it can take a lot of courage to go to church uh, if it's our, if we're not used to church, or even if it's a new church. So thank you for trusting us and um, we love you. We're glad you're here. So if you were invited by a friend or family member, they owe you something yummy from the cafe. All right, so get in there and uh, take advantage of your free gift certificate through your friend. (laughs) All right, so I wanna start with a story real quick and um, maybe some of you heard this story, but it's such a great way to illustrate the Holy Spirit and what we're gonna talk about this morning. My wife and I had just bought a house and uh, I was pretty nervous about the whole situation. And um, the guy who was the previous owner said, hey, I, I want to walk you around and show you the whole house and get you acquainted with it. Because he, he he gave it meticulous attention during his time of living there. So I picked him up because he had early onset dementia, couldn't drive. So I went to his house, picked him up, brought him to now my house. That was his house. And we're walking around. He was like, okay. Okay. Oh, yeah, and there's this in the garage. Oh, that's broken. You're going to need to fix that. And we're walking around. Oh, that's not working right. You're going to need to fix that. Tat, chat engine Oh, man, I love this. Oh, that's not right. You're going to need to fix that right there. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, making this list. Welcome to home ownership. And then we get to the fountain. And they're like, oh, the whole pump is messed up. You're going to need a new pump. Okay. Okay. And then he just looks at me and gives me this big smile, and he says, but you know what? I want to cover all of it, and if you'll let me, I would love to spend the day just helping you do it and show you how to do all this and fix everything with you. I was just blown away. I was like, y- <laughs> are you kidding me? Yes. If you ask my family to this day, they would tell you, what's dad's special skill at the house? Uh, there's a lot of things it would not be, but the fountain and fixing the fountain pump, it is, and uh, I, I feel like uh, this, this friend of mine really gives us a beautiful illustration of the Holy Spirit. So we're talking today about how the Holy Spirit transforms us. Now, wouldn't you like, is there some area of your life that you would just love to be transformed in? Remember a couple weeks ago, I asked you to think about a fruit of the Spirit that if you could walk out of here today and see it beginning to grow in your life, what would it be? faithfulness, joy, peace, patience, where would you like to be transformed in your life? Now, the Holy Spirit comes into our life a lot like my friend, and the Spirit is God, remember? The Spirit of Christ, the Spirit of the Father, who walks alongside us, paraclete, right? Paracletos is like that advocate who's like, hey, this area of your life needs some renewing. Hey, you know, this area, there's some bitterness here. We need to we need to fix that with some forgiveness. Oh, over here, you know, gosh, you've been carrying a lot of anxiety for a long time. You could use some peace right here. Oh, man, your joy pump is busted. <laughs> you, <laughs> I want to get the joy flowing again. You need a new joy pump, you know? But this is the thing that's so special about the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit comes into our life and not only points out the areas of our life that need repairing and need renewing, but the Spirit brings supernatural power and kingdom, heavenly resources that we can't earn, that we can't get on our own, that takes us beyond willpower. Willpower matters. Our will, and we'll see that today, is a big deal that we choose into our transformation. But there are areas of our life that maybe you already discovered your willpower alone is not enough. Are you with me? It's a part of it, but it's not enough. And the Spirit brings that power of God into your life that energizes you at the level of your will, at the level of your thought life, to be renewed in your whole life. That is what we're talking about today. So I want you to picture the Spirit coming alongside you in that way as we talk about the power of the Spirit to transform our life. I want to show you a passage where we're going to watch a case study Of the Spirit transforming a follower of Jesus. And the transformation in this person is so powerful, it's gonna affect the entire world. So, what's this? Look at this story together. It comes in Acts chapter 10, verse 9. About noon the following day, as they were on their journey and approaching the city, Peter went up on the roof to pray. He became hungry and wanted something to eat, and while the meal was being prepared, he fell into a trance, as we do when we're hungry, right? Get, my, get myself a good old trance on when I'm hungry. And he saw heaven open and something like a large sheet being let down to earth by its four corners, and it contained all kinds of four-footed animals as well as reptiles and birds, and then a voice told him, get up, Peter, kill and eat. Now something about the Jewish mind, they had these sort of ritual uh, cleanliness laws, laws that were meant to teach them what it means to be holy and set apart from their culture. And they had some of these laws that were around the way they ate, right? Ceremonial laws of eating. And there were certain foods that they could not eat that were ways of reminding them that they were to be set apart from their culture, okay? But here the Spirit is bringing in new teaching and is bringing a change of mind to Peter that is at first so scary and so threatening. Watch Peter's reaction, verse 14. Surely not, Lord. Have you ever had a moment like that with God? Peter replied, I have never eaten anything impure or unclean. The voice spoke to him a second time. Do not call anything impure that God has made clean. This happened three times. How many times? Three times. Didn't get it the first or the second. Holla, parents. Come on, mothers. <laughs> got to repeat yourself? Yeah, sometimes a good mom's got to repeat herself. And immediately the sheet was taken back to heaven. And while Peter was wondering about the meaning of the vision, the men sent by Cornelius found out where Simon's house was and stopped at the gate. Now, you don't know what's happening with Cornelius if you don't know the story. Neither does Peter. But that's the point. The, speeder, the, uh, the spirit is bringing Peter into alignment with what God is doing that he knows nothing about. And that says a lot about how the Spirit transforms us. Now watch. They called out asking if Simon, who was known as Peter, was staying there. And while Peter was still thinking about the vision, the Spirit said to him, Simon, three men are looking for you, so go, so get upstairs, or sorry, get up, go downstairs, do not hesitate to go with them, for I have sent them. Okay, okay. When you look at this moment and I were to ask you, how is the spirit transforming Peter? What would you say? Like, How would you describe the way the spirit is transforming Peter in this moment? Would you just do me a favor, engage your mind for a minute and just bring one example to mind right now. One descriptor of how the spirit is transforming Peter in this moment. Okay, you got one? You got one? So I'm going to call you up at random and to come up, no, 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 I'm not going to do that. Okay, you got one? Okay, hold on to that thought. Um, so when you look at this moment and you look at it as an example, as a case study of how the Spirit comes into our life to transform us, what do you notice? The thing that grabs me is the way that the Spirit and Peter are in a kind of dance together. They're working together. The Spirit comes into our life, but there's an essential role in which we cooperate with the Holy Spirit's transforming work in our life. Does that make sense? Right? There is conduit through this whole building, and there's an electric current going through the whole building, but unless I choose to flip the switch, there is no light. You get me? And there are ways in which we have to be willing to flip the switch and allow the power of the Spirit to get to work in our life to transform us. The second thing I notice is that the arena of this transformation process is happening where? In Peter. It's happening in the arena of his mind. It's happening in the way that he sees himself, the way that he sees, yes, food, but ultimately Gentiles, other people, and the way he sees the world. And this is where the Spirit wants to transform us. So I want to, here's our focus for today. I want to focus us on how the Spirit transforms us by renewing our mind. And I want us to come out understanding our role in the process so we can cooperate with the Spirit. How does the Spirit transform our mind? How can we cooperate? Let's start with this whole work of the Spirit to transform us. Let's go to the, the cycle real quick. So this is a way of mapping out what happens in this passage. So when you step back, this is sort of like steps that the Spirit takes Peter on and takes us on as he transforms us. The first step. Do you guys remember a couple weeks ago I talked about rest? you remember that? If you were here a couple weeks ago? The need to slow down our pace so we are walking in step with the Spirit, and oftentimes we are running ahead of the Spirit, so busy, so focused on what we want to do that we get out of sync with God. And I talked about how perhaps the biggest threat to our spiritual life isn't what's happening out in culture, but it is the business of our own life that makes us more vulnerable to assimilate worldly points of view without even realizing it. Right, but when we slow down, and so Peter does that, right? Where does the whole moment start? Where does this whole, play, this whole event begin? It begins in prayer. Let's go to the picture of Joppa. I love this. Here is a picture of a rooftop in Joppa, right? This is definitely a place I'd like to go get transformed in. How about you? I mean, come on. You're looking at an ocean view like this. Who could not be transformed? So just picture Peter up on a roof. This is actually really a rooftop in Joppa where Peter is. He's up there, and he's in prayer, enjoying this beautiful view. And it's that place of prayer where he enters into the presence of God, and he takes rest in God's presence. We should think of prayer that way. Prayer is not coming to a, uh, you know, like a, a snack machine or a drive-thru. Prayer is resting in God, coming into his presence. Peter slows down. He quiets himself, and he's just sitting up there on a roof, being with God, and that, my friends, allows him to come into a posture of receptivity to recognize the Spirit and what the Spirit is doing. Let's go back to this cycle. So he's in prayer, he's in rest, he's resting in God's presence. Here he's able to receive from the Spirit what the Spirit is doing, what the Spirit is saying. Now we can understand why slowing down is so important so that we're not out with our own personal plans of transformation, but we are actually more likely when we're resting in God, to recognize and receive what God is doing, and to be in step with his purpose of transforming our life. And then he's able to repent. What's repent right there? That's where he begins to change his mind. Look right with me at verse 14. What does he say right there? Oh, Holy Spirit, yes, I want to eat that big weird animal burrito. I'm so thrilled that you brought to me that burrito. No, he does not, he's not stoked about the Joppa burrito. He would rather not eat that food, and it's a radical moment of cognitive dissonance for him. And so right here, verse 14, surely not, Lord. And he's got to rethink the way that he sees, not just food, but other people. There is where the transformation is happening. We're going to drill into that right there. We're going to really pause on that as we go through this message. So here he's caused to rethink the way he sees himself and God and other people in his life. And because he's willing to rethink something that he has been trained to see a certain way his whole life, don't eat that unclean food. Don't eat that unclean food. And the Spirit says, hey, God's doing something new. Because he's willing to think differently, He's able to respond in a new way and he's willing to go with those guys to Cornelius' house. And if you don't know the story, because he goes to that house, Pete Cornelius, who's a centurion Gentile, right? He is filled with the Spirit. His whole family is filled with the Holy Spirit and that moment becomes the gateway to the gospel going to the entire non-Jewish world. You and I are in this room because Peter was willing and ready to receive what the Spirit was doing. He was willing to rethink. He was willing to have his mind renewed in the way that he saw other people, himself and God. And then that results in the renewal. A renewal that's for him and for people around him. That's it in a nutshell. We're gonna keep coming back to this over the next few weeks in this second half of our study in the Spirit. But I wanna just dive into these two things. Number one, Let's focus on what the Spirit is doing here, and then what can we do to catch the wind of the Spirit and move with the Spirit? So, um, first, the Spirit engages us in the arena of our mind and how we think has is so important in our spiritual journey. All right, It's so important that we are cognizant of the fact that the Spirit is going to work in our life through our thought life. and It's going to want to come alongside the way we think, the way we have been habituated to thinking to begin to cause a shift in the way we perceive things in our world. The Spirit, uh, let's go to the next slide here. The Spirit, um, specifically in this passage, transforms Peter by speaking. He begins to speak to him and say things to him. Do you remember last week when my friend James came and talked about hearing the voice of the Spirit? Thanks for just giving him such a warm welcome. Do you remember how he was talking about how the Spirit can speak to us through all kinds of different ways? And then he kind of highlighted one example and led us through a practice of just listening to the Spirit speak through picturing being with Jesus, allowing the Spirit to use your imaginative faculty, right? That's not Eastern New Age philosophy, which is all about emptying the mind. It's a meditation practice that is about filling your mind with the Word and truth of God and allowing the God to use your imagination to picture what the truth of God is telling us. That's what we're doing there. Okay, so the Spirit speaks. The Spirit also reveals God's truth. So it's more than just words on a page. Okay, this is the Word of God, but it becomes living truth when the Spirit is speaking through it. Okay, I'm going to, let's go to the Scripture, and I'll give you an illustration. Um, yeah, yeah, John sixteen thirteen. John says, But when He, the Spirit of truth, comes, He will guide you into all the truth. He will not speak on his own, but here it is, he will speak only what he hears, and he will tell you what is yet to come. Now, this is so important for us, that we understand that the Spirit speaks to us and, and the, guide frame, the guiding framework to understand and test whether or not it is from the Spirit is the truth, the Word of God, and the community of believers that help us from going off the rails and going off on our own delusions and imaginations. But nonetheless, the Spirit speaks. The Spirit reveals truth to us. So it's more than just words on a page. It becomes illuminated with an energy and a power that begins to change. So I'll give you an example. Think of a light bulb, right? Do you remember a couple of weeks ago I talked about the light bulb and you got that tungsten filament, that little wire in the middle of that incandescent light. By itself, not much to look at. But when an electric current goes through that tungsten filament, it excites electrons. And those electrons are, it, it release photons and that photon energy meets your eye with the brilliance of, of light. And it gives us this beautiful illumination. And in the same way, the Word of God is like that tungsten film. It's just this little thing that by memorizing Scripture, by meditating on God's Word, by hearing God's truth by itself, you're like, okay, just reading this is going to change me? Are you really serious? But as you meditate on God's Word and you open your mind to the Holy Spirit, the Spirit brings that Electric charge, that power to bring illumination, which is spiritual wisdom, spiritual revelation, which takes your normal cognition to a new level, takes you beyond where you could get by your analytical thinking alone. It doesn't violate your analytical thinking, but it takes it to another level. And then what happens? The Spirit, let's go to the next one. Watch, I'm summarizing the Spirit's work. Now, let's go back to the list of the Spirit speaking. Oh, back, 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 back. We'll get there. Yeah, the Spirit convicts us, okay? The Spirit comes in and starts to lay hold of our conscience. I'll give you an example. Um, the way the Spirit can do this, and you see that happening with Peter. The Spirit's talking to him, and he's like, oh, I can't do this. And the Spirit's like, yes, you can. Don't call unclean what God has made clean. Okay, an example of the Spirit convicting us as a way of transforming our thinking In response to his truth? Well, I've got so many. Okay, here's a great example. I I remember one time the Spirit convicted me when um, my wife and I got into an argument, and we couldn't, it was about my daughter's, it was my daughter's birthday, and I was really stressed about some work stuff, getting ready for a work event, and I was stressed about our scheduling around the birthday stuff and the work stuff. We had this big fight, and I was sitting alone, and I said, Holy Spirit, please Show me how to make peace with my wife. I'm not joking you. I prayed that prayer, and then I made the biggest mistake of all. Show me where I am wrong. I know. That's a big step from show, me, show them where they're wrong. Show me where I'm wrong, where my thinking needs to change. Now get this. As I'm sitting there, I get a text. No joke. This is like one it doesn't happen like this every day. I'm not constantly getting texts from God. But this is a real moment. Like, Peter... I get a text, and the text thread is my wife texting who she thinks is her sister, but is texting me. (laughs) And she's texting me, and she's saying, please pray for me and Ryan. He is fighting me on helping me with our daughter's birthday. He is stealing my joy in celebrating our daughter. Please pray for God to reconcile us. I just read that. I mean, that is called conviction served on a silver platter. It was like, here you go. You want to know where you're wrong? I, I just started laughing, and I went to my wife immediately. I walked to her, and I go, look what you just sent me. And she's like, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. I sent that text to you. I'm like, no, 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 no. I literally just asked God to show me where I'm wrong. See, we all want to improve, don't we? Who here... Does not want to improve. Don't we all want to improve? We all want to improve. Raise your hands if you want to improve in life. Raise your hand if you want to grow. Raise your hands if you want to be transformed. Some of you are not even budging, okay? (laughs) You're just like, good where you're at. Listen, if you're anything like me, I want to be transformed, but I don't want to change. (laughs) And the way that we cooperate with the Spirit transforming us is by allowing the Spirit to show us where we need changes of mind and thinking. And those changes are in the arenas of our life that we're so familiar with. They're so deeply ingrained because from our thoughts come desires and affections, ways of seeing the world, ways of seeing ourselves. Actually, our feelings often are rooted in our thought life that we don't even realize is there. We have emotions that are rooted in in thoughts that we don't even know are there because they're beneath a pile of anxious, fearful, lustful thinking or feeling. We don't even know the thoughts that are beneath it. Our actions, uh, one author put it this way. Let me see if I can find, uh, oh yeah, here it is. that our thoughts evoke feelings and shape our worldview and motivate our actions. And so if we're gonna be changed as people, we need to allow the spirit to get into our thought life that then connect us to the deepest parts of our spirit where we need to transforming the most, our will. Because the deepest part of us is our will, our spirit, that is expressing itself through our thought life. Where you set your thoughts determines the course of your life and who you are becoming as a person. And it matters, because ultimately it shapes the actions that you take. And the spirit wants to transform those deeply ingrained habits that we become familiar with. Listen to this great quote right here. Let's go to the Dallas Willard quote. I'm kind of bouncing all over. Thank you, slide person. You're an all-star. Spiritual practices are activities of mind and body purposefully undertaken to bring our personality, and get this, our total being into effective cooperation with the divine order. Do you hear that? What a powerful statement. Let me summarize it in this. Activities of mind and body, get this, that have the power to bring our whole self into effective Cooperation. Can you say that word with me, cooperation. cooperation? Us and the Spirit together. The Spirit does the heavy lifting, but the way you think is absolutely the way that in which we cooperate with the Spirit. And there are habits of thinking that are taking us off from the Spirit. But there are ways that you can redirect your thinking in cooperation with the Spirit and set your mind on fire and illuminated by the truth of God. I'm going to invite... Um, a special guest to come up and just guide us through an exercise that's going to show us how to do this. Um, I want to introduce you guys to, if you don't really know her very well, her name's Jennifer All. She has her master's in theology um, from, or master's in divinity at uh, Fuller Seminary, but she had a focus in um, in counseling, and she works in the counseling department here in our church. And this is the kind of stuff she's helping people with the whole time. And I want to just read the scripture to you. 2 Corinthians ten five says this. We take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. And I want her to come up and give us a tool that's going to help us begin to take our thoughts captive, right? It's that mental activity that's going to allow us to cooperate with the Spirit of God and rewire and renew our mind and our life from the inside out. Okay, you guys ready for this? Okay, we're going to get down to business now. We're going to get up in your business (laughs) and uh be transformed come on jen come on up let's give her a round of applause ah uh, lord thank you for jen and thank you for the wisdom and the years the decades of experience she has in doing this and uh lord just help us to gosh receive everything that you have to give to us through her in jesus name amen
1: thanks ryan thanks all right how exciting oh okay well ryan asked me to walk us through a very practical tool to help us capture those thoughts and renew our minds and i'm going to show you a tool that we use a lot of times in our counseling area with our skills classes men's skills women's skills Um, we have a team that helps walk people through this kind of thing and it is Man, when we use this, it is massively effective in actually partnering with the Spirit to renew us. But um, just give me a second here. Because I am feeling my heart racing a little bit. My, um, my breathing is a little bit shallow. I can feel that. My palms are a little bit sweaty. I'm feeling, um, I'm feeling nervous. What's going on in me? I think um, the dominant driving thought that I'm having right now that's um, prompting all that is um, I'm feeling that I'm not good enough. But Deuteronomy 31, 8 says that the Lord himself goes before you and will be with you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. So do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. That's right. That's right. God, you, you are with me. Right here, right now. I don't do this alone. You are with me. This is not on me. You are Okay, I can just feel my chest open up a little bit. I actually feel calmer. I feel it, and I, okay, I am ready. (laughs) Did you guys see how that worked? Did you see how that worked? Because that's the tool. That is the tool that I'm gonna teach you in real time. And that's the way this tool is meant to be used. It is meant to be used in the moment when you are feeling these things come up in you. That's when you use it. You step right into it. It doesn't take long. You do it right then, right there. Bam, bam, bam. The more you do it, the easier it gets and the more effective it is. Okay? You with me? So... I mean this is what we're doing is what Paul showed us in Ephesians 4:22 through 24. That's what he's talking about. He says that we're going to put off, cast off our corrupt, broken old self that is misaligned with the spirit and we are going to partner with the spirit to be made new in the attitude. I love that word, the attitude. That's the inner being, the thought life of our minds by cooperating with the spirit so that we can step into the new, spirit-filled, redeemed self. You put off the old by renewing, cooperating with the spirit to renew our inner thought life, and we get to walk into that new self, okay? That's what we're doing here. That's what this tool is going to do. The idea here is that the old self, it's not aligned with the spirit. And just like Ryan was saying, the old self, those actions and behaviors, they are prompted and fueled by faulty, inaccurate Thoughts that are not aligned with God's word. They're not aligned with God's truth. And because our thoughts, they do not stay inside of us, my friends. The thoughts, they come out in our actions and behaviors. So that's what we're working on. We are going to partner with the spirit to isolate and capture those faulty, inaccurate thoughts so that we can partner with him in our transformation. So in your bulletins, I've given you a chart um, that you can use that maps out this tool Okay, I've given you in there, I've shown you a very concrete personal example from my own life just as a little reminder of how this works. And then below that is a nice empty row for you to start jotting down your thoughts, for you to practice this, and take it home with you. And I really encourage you to try this out. So here we go, where we're starting, because what we're trying to do is we're trying to isolate and capture those faulty, inaccurate thoughts. And the first thing we need to do Is to slow down. Okay, we got to slow down and become aware of what's happening in us, because our minds are absolutely incredible. Our brains are extraordinary, and most of us have like 86 billion neurons firing in our brains at any given time. That's that's crazy. They're all lighting up, sending signals simultaneously at the same time, and thoughts happen. So fast, you guys, 12 milliseconds. That's how long it takes for you to have a fearful or anxious thought. That's almost almost the length of a snap. Bam, just like that. Okay, so all these thoughts are firing around in there at the same time. If you're going to isolate and capture one of them, we got to start by slowing down and becoming aware. Intentionality is key here. So just everybody take a breath with me. Okay. Start paying attention to what's happening inside of you. You want to catch when you're not aligned with the fruit of the Spirit. That's your first tell. If we bring up the fruit of the Spirit here, so we know we're walking with the Spirit when we're experiencing the fruit of the Spirit, right? And that's fruit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. So if we're not experiencing the fruit, then we are if we're fe- experiencing something that's misaligned with this fruit, then you know that there's a faulty thought nearby. OK? So look for this. Where is it there is something that's misaligned in me? Where am I not experiencing the fruit? And write that down. It, maybe it's a thought, a feeling, a body sensation, um, a response or reactivity to others That's that tells you, I'm not. I'm operating in the old self right now. That's what you're trying to become aware of. When you're operating in the old self, that's a clue there's a faulty thought nearby. So a real life example, um, since it's Mother's Day, I'll use a parenting example for uh, any, maybe some of you can identify with this. Um, Bedtime, okay. Anybody else's bedtime routine kick up a little something? Okay, I have a four-year-old daughter and she's delightful most of the time, right, okay? She is creative, she's imaginative, she is playful and she is very often silly. And bedtime is our little quality time together. And, um, okay, all we got to do is potty, brush your teeth, pajamas, right? But here we are. And she has managed to stretch out every one of these steps really, really long, okay? In between, she's got one pant leg off, and she sings a whole song. <laughs> here comes the other pant leg, and here's a whole nother song, and she's coming to my face and squeezing my teeth. And she's like, Mama, and she's asking me random questions. And you're like, Okay, and I feel myself. I feel my body getting tense. I feel myself. I'm getting irritable with her. I'm getting short tempered. And I'm like, mm, Let's move this along, right? Okay, that's what I'm writing down in my first box. All those feelings, that's my first indicator. I'm not walking. I'm not experiencing the fruit of the Spirit. So, indication number one. Next thing I do. The next step here is to get curious. Okay, I've noticed that I'm not aligned with the spirit. I'm experiencing something that's not there, not the fruit of the spirit. So what's going on underneath this feeling? If I'm feeling irritable and impatient, what's going on? What's driving that behavior? What's the thought that's driving that behavior? That's what you want to try and uncover, and you want to try to name the faulty thought that is prompting that old self behavior. That's what you're aiming for here. Okay. Here's a tip. You are looking for a thought that does not sound like something Jesus would say. Okay? All right? It's going to sound more like something that's prideful or selfish. Thoughts that are fueled by fear or dread or discouragement. Doubts. Maybe it's a thought that's a label of some type about yourself or another person that belittles or misrepresents or fills you with shame, okay? These are the kinds of thoughts you're looking for. Destructive thoughts, thoughts that tear you down or tear somebody else down, thoughts that make you wanna pull the sheets back up over your head and go back to sleep, okay? Those are the kinds of thoughts that you're looking for. Those are the faulty, inaccurate thoughts that are not aligned with the Spirit of God. Okay, so I'm sitting there with Julia, my daughter, and I'm like, okay, I'm feeling these things on that. Okay, let's just check in. What is going on with me? What am I feeling? What's underneath this? And I realize in this moment what's going on. I'm thinking about my friend who has a child the same age as Julia, and their kid has already been asleep in their bed for over an hour now. So I've got comparison going on, and I'm sitting there going, oh my gosh, wow, why am I so not capable? Why is my kid like, oh my gosh, what's wrong with me? I'm not good at this. I can't do this. I'm such a failure. I'm such a failure. I'm not enough. I'm not enough for this. What is wrong with me? And then there's shame piling on there. Do you see? Do you see the faulty thinking at play here? And I want you to generalize this. I'm I'm giving you a concrete example. Maybe parents in the house can identify with me, but I want you to apply this to your situation. What I want you to notice is that um, underneath my outer actions are there thoughts that are not spirit-filled, okay? And my thoughts happen to be attacking my identity. It wasn't just, oh, I'm failing in this moment, but it was, I am a failure. Do you see that? That's what I'm naming right there in that box. Okay, naming them is powerful Because when you name something, you're able to catch it. When you can call it out, single it out, name it, you catch it. And that's significant here. My mentor always says you cannot change what you will not name. Naming it is powerful. Okay, So you grab that thought, that faulty, inaccurate thought. You got it? Got an idea of one of yours? You grab that thought. Now we're going to get to the hard work. Okay grabbing that thought, and we're going to take that thought, and we're going to line it up against God's word, against God's truth, his perspective, right here. We're going to line that thought up with God's truth and confront it with the truth. These two things are going to go head to head right now. You ready for this? Because, oh my gosh, and we're not looking for just random God's truth, okay? We're not looking for just any nice scripture that you just pull out okay we are looking for god's truth that speaks directly to this faulty thought this one in particular that's what you're lining up right there and they're going to go head to head and it is a confrontation i said confront in that chart that's a strong word because this is oh my gosh friends you are challenging a thought that has been ingrained inside of your mind probably for years it is deep in there. So this is not easy work. This is hard work to take that thought and say, actually, I'm going to challenge you. We are waging war. That Second Corinthians passage that Ryan read, 2 Corinthians 10, if you back it up a verse, it says that we are not waging war as the world does. The weapons we fight with are not the weapons of the world. On the contrary, they have the divine power to demolish strongholds. That's what's happening in our minds right now as we do this. We are challenging and demolishing strongholds. And we demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. And we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. Okay? The word of God, his truth, it is a powerful and mighty weapon that's what we're using here, and the Spirit is with us. The Spirit of God is with us, and he will guide us in all truth. You remember that John passage. The Spirit is guiding us. Oh, my gosh, the Spirit is so excited. He has been waiting for us to challenge this faulty thinking. He's like, oh, yes, let's go. I've been waiting for you. Oh, so we are not looking for some nice little pat you on the head sweet, soft little truth here, okay? I'm not looking for Christian platitudes, okay? We are looking for the anchored eternal truth that is rooted in the Word of God, okay? It is anchored. That means it does not ebb and flow. It is unwavering truth, and it is eternal, which means it does not It lasts, it surpasses all time. It stands for all time. So it stands beyond the wave of your emotions because you're not going to feel it in the moment, but you know this truth is lasting. Does that make sense? That's what you're looking for here. So when I'm sitting there going, oh my gosh, I feel like I'm a failure and I'm not capable and I'm not good enough to be doing this right now. I'm just not. What is the truth about that? What does God's word say to me as I'm sitting there thinking I'm a failure and not capable and not enough? Well, I just gave you an example there. There's so many things God's word says about that. For example, Hebrews 13, 21, he equips you with everything good for doing his will and he works in us. So that I, mm, he equips you with everything good for doing his will and he works in us. Ah, that means that he's equipping me. He's teaching me how to do this and if he's teaching me, he knows that I already don't know. So, He's training me to be what I'm called to be in this moment. That's awesome. Thank you, Lord. That's right. I could have used Romans 5.8 that says, while I'm still a sinner, Christ died for me, which says he knows that I'm not perfect. He knows I'm messing this up, and yet he's still decided that I'm valuable enough that he died for me. So I'm still worthy, and I'm still enough, even though I'm screwing it up in the moment, right? Right. And I also could have used Ephesians 2.10, which says that I am God's masterpiece created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which he has prepared in advance for me to do, which means I am called to this. He has made me, he has called me to this, and he is with me in the minute, in the moment, and always. Right? Do you see that? So the truth is, I am not a failure. I am still called and he will equip me and teach me all that i need and my value does not wane on my successes or my failures now that truth applies to my parenting right then it also applies when i'm at work it applies to all these arenas in my life because it's confronting that faulty thought that said i wasn't see how that works oh right now some of you are thinking i don't know the bible well enough to <laughs> confront it with god's truth okay you know what you know enough to get you started. You know enough scripture right now, just in what you've heard today, to get you started. Because even if you know just John 3, 16, right? See it held up on signs all the time. John 3, that one verse tells you that you are worthwhile, that you are called, worth dying for, that he loves you so much, and there's a hope and a future. you got enough to get you started. And there's a Bible app, you know, you can pull that out. So you can search anytime you're like, I need something that speaks to this just pull out that bible app. You've got this. And if even if, my friends, even if you're not sure that the truth that you are wrestling with is the right truth, if it applies just by simply daring to question that faulty thought, you are already beginning. You are already beginning to partner with the spirit to break that lie and renew your mind. Just by having that faulty thought and saying, "Actually, I'm questioning if you're still accurate. I'm not so sure that I'm actually a failure. Right there, strongholds are already starting to crumble. Okay? You got enough to get you started. So, the next thing you're gonna do, you got this, you got this, and they're facing showdown time, right? Now, this is the moment of choice. It's a big moment, because you, we must choose but we are going to believe. Because God can tell you all day long, I love you, I love you, you are worth dying for, I see you. He can write a whole book of love letters to each one of us. But until we choose to believe it and receive his truth for us, for ourselves, and let that love in, it's just words. That's that will that Ryan was talking about. This is the moment where we choose to cooperate with the Spirit. He's holding his hand out to us. He's like, come on, this is what I'm offering you. We get to choose in this moment. These things are not equal. This is that repent moment that Peter went through, that changing your mind moment where you say, you know what? I renounce my old thinking. I put off that. I disagree with it. I disagree that I'm a failure, and I choose what the spirit is saying about me i choose to trust you god i choose to put on that truth and receive it for myself these words are for me god means them for me and i'm taking it and i give you all permission because some of you are sitting here thinking i don't know that god's words are for me they are let me refute that thought right now god's words are for you his promises are for you there's no one there's no one beyond his grace beyond his love So if you're sitting here thinking that that applies to everybody else in the room, but not to you, I break that in the name of Jesus. His words and promises are for you. So you can choose it. You can choose it. And then when you step into it, you say, that's right, Lord. I agree with you. You guys, the fruit just flows. The fruit comes. The fruit just flows off of you naturally, okay? That's the fruit that follows, and I actually want you to write that down in the chart. I want you to say some of those things that you experience because it's going to be the fruit of the Spirit. You're going to be like, oh, I do feel calmer. Oh, there's that peace. Yeah, that's right. It happens naturally. That is when the transformation is taking place. Uh, man, when I was with Julia and I really received that, and I was like, that's what's happening here. That's right, Lord. I'm still here, I'm still called. I could feel myself relax, I got calmer patience came back. And actually, I turned playful. I was able to play with her and engage with her and be silly with her, which actually sped the process along a little bit because then I could like brush our teeth in a silly way as we move along the process here, which was great because then she goes to bed feeling affirmed and loved. I close the door and walk away from her room being like, that was awesome. Quality time, right? Way better evening than the alternative, which is what it, where it was headed. So, friends, we want to just partner with the Spirit to capture and confront our faulty old thinking. Be renewed in the attitude and the perspective of our minds. That's what's going to give us the mind of Christ. And out of that flows the new self. This is transformation, my friends. So, you are going to notice when you're caught in the old self. Notice when you're caught in the old self. Chase that. Be curious about it and name the thought that's at the root. What's driving that? Okay, name it, and then you confront it with God's truth. You confront it, and you choose to believe what God says about you, and walk it out. See that process? All right. I'm going to invite the band to come on out, um, and as they do, and as they sing this this closing song, um, I'm just inviting you. We're just going to let the Holy Spirit come in, and and maybe there's a thought that you've been having, a reoccurring thought, even that. Just as I was speaking, you could tell. This is what the Holy Spirit, this is one of the thoughts that the Holy Spirit really wants to address with me. You know it. Let's just bring it to him. And I'm just inviting you and encouraging you to take this with you. Use this tool. God wants to meet us right here. He's been waiting. He's got got such, such good things for us. So Holy Spirit, I thank you. I thank you that you see us just as we are and you love us just as we are but you say i don't want to leave you there my child i don't want you all bottled up and boxed in with anxious thoughts and 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 all these feelings this depression this darkness this hopelessness no god you see that and you say i want to set you free my child i've been waiting take hold of my hand let's do this together i have more for you So, Holy Spirit, I just pray that you you be with us right now. Walk with us through this. Show us. Show us what you want to renew in us. Help us to capture these thoughts and and bring them to you. Oh, Lord, we choose your life, your hope, your peace, your love. God, thank you. Thank you, Lord. your name we pray. Amen.
2: So as Jen just walked us through, this is our chance to respond. So I want you to feel free to take whatever posture you want. If you want to stay seated, That is totally fine. If you want to stand, that's wonderful as well. This is just response. No matter how
0: far, I want to walk with you. Okay, you guys get it? Got it? All right. But now you need to do something with it, all right? So here's my challenge. This week, today, came with your family, came with a friend. I want you to do a treasure hunt today or this week fill out the table and pick an area where you would love to see the fruit of the spirit renewed in your mind. Maybe your joy pump is broken. You need a fresh feeling of joy or peace or gratitude. And I want you to look through the scripture with a friend or a family member and ask them to help you find um, a list of maybe like five to ten scriptures that might speak to that and then pick one. Like, ah, this is it. This is it right here. I carry a little black book And every day, I read through the entire Bible every year. And every time I read through the entire Bible, I am writing down these promises. They don't come overnight. They just come because little by little, you just start grabbing them and picking them as you find them. But you could just spend 30 minutes with a friend, a loved one, and just do a little treasure hunt. Let's find a bunch of scriptures on peace, on patience, or on joy, or on gratitude, or on forgiveness, and write those down and then pick one that really hits you and memorize it, commit it to heart. And then any time in which you sense the opposite of that mindset creeping up on you, you bring it to mind. Maybe you commit it to memory and then pray into it for a week. So it becomes so natural for you to hit that verse, to bring that new way of thinking into your mindset. If you want to go deeper with this stuff, quick slide, check this out guys. Before you leave, We got Soul Food on May 21st, Becoming a People of Joy. Women's Skills, May 25th. Men's Skills, June 1st. Podcasts, how easy can you get, right? Podcasts. Free to Love, Transforming Pain to Peace. All of these are designed to help us cooperate with the Spirit in the renewing of our mind. So, dive in, guys. Let's let the Holy Spirit begin to change our stinking thinking into Jesus' thinking. Right, we have a prayer team that's ready to pray with you. So prayer team, come on up. If this has brought up some stuff where you just need some triage praying right now over some areas of your thought life that need God's grace and help, or you just want some prayer because you got something going on in your life and you need God's help with, come up, let our prayer team pray for you. Otherwise, I'm gonna close with a blessing. Uh, I heard the students do this at UCSD and I thought it was so cool. So I'm gonna do it with you. It's a blessing. That comes from Philippians chapter 4, and it goes like this Now may the peace of Christ that transcends all of your understanding guard your heart and your mind in Christ. Peace be with you, everybody. Have a great week. I'll see you outside with my lollipops.